Hey, y'all, what's going on, everybody? Inside the lunch table back here on a Monday. It's a Wednesday, Calvin. Oh, it's it a, is Wednesday. a Wednesday. That's nice, big dog. It's a Wednesday. Back up on our feet. Yeah. Hey, let me tell you something. These last couple of weeks, Calvin, have been so long for bro, me. I'm so tired, bro. No Holy sleep, bro. I don't know what it is. End of the semester's coming up. Anyways, Calvin, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, big man. I uh, am lucky enough to know that it is a Wednesday. I got my feet underneath <sighs> me. I'm ready for a good episode here. Excited about the draft, bro. Excited about the draft. So am I. So am I. Uh, so, listen, we're going to talk about the NBA, some games that happened on Monday, Tuesday. Uh, preview a little bit of the games that are going to happen today uh, and tomorrow as well. Uh, and, and then we're going to throw it over to the NFL a little bit. Talk about some possible trades maybe that are going to happen. Uh, could possibly happen, something like that. There's going to be movement. There always is. Every year, somebody gets traded. Uh, maybe try and throw some stuff out there to figure out who that's going to be and who's going to make moves. But I want to start it in the NBA, though, and I want to start it uh, with our famous Brooklyn Nets. Calvin? I'm to bury him. We were, we were wrong like every episode. I was uh, seven games short or three games short. I was looking for uh, three more wins and four in the other direction here. And I think you're damn right about that. I think they disappointed us every step of the way, too. Every step of the way. I mean, it was just disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. The interesting thing about this was they just never looked good. Like, game one, Kyrie looked phenomenal. And after that game, I was more confident in Brooklyn than I was beforehand. Really? Like Even after the loss, I was like, oh, yeah, if this is what Kyrie's going to give us, then for sure, Katie's going to find his own. Katie never found his own. Uh, not not one time. Game two was the Bruce Brown show. <laughs> Neither well, nobody Bruce showed Brown up. Was really good in this series too. I think Bruce, Bruce Brown, Brown was phenomenal in this series. Honestly, I think if you're going to was... give anybody the flowers on uh, Brooklyn, it's got to be Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown played some quality ball. The the one thing I want to say with Kyrie Irving, um, a lot of people are uh, b- bailing on Kyrie Irving. Um, I'm not really here to blame. Like, I I don't think this was anything more than what I expected. I mean, we saw him do the same thing uh, with uh, Boston, Kath. He played that that game one. He was phenomenal. He shot the lights out. Everybody thought they were going to put the Bucs away in five games. And then they lost the next four games in a row, and the Bucs beat them. And I just think – I didn't really see anything that – showed me that the Nets were more than what they gave us. I mean, I think they were a team that deserved to get swept in the first round. That's how they played 100%. in the postseason. And unfortunately, there's nothing free in the postseason. That's something we know about the NBA. It's been like that for 50 years now. And it almost seemed like they played with a sense of entitlement. I think Steve Nash did not fulfill his end of the bargain at all. Um, he, Ime Odoku coached circles around him in this series, Kath. I don't know if you'll disagree with me on that, but I just thought the not Boston game plan was – uh, probably an A plus. I mean, they knew exactly what they wanted to do. Uh, everyone knew what their job was. And they, they did understood. it for four straight games. Four like straight that's games. the they did it without like, the crowd. I mean, right? Damn. And walk, walk, let's walk, walk in, walking into this postseason. I was like, nah. If there's going to be one team in the league that gets swept, it's probably going to be New Orleans, maybe Miami. I was thinking Chicago, you know. Maybe I really thought, Chicago. I thought, I thought the Bucks could take care of them. I underestimated the but game. But the one Nets Bucks. were my last ones Not to Brooklyn. get swept. Brooklyn was the last option for me. I was just – I think this is a big um, – I, I wonder if this is going to be a big learning year for these guys, I guess. God, Listen, I can't, I, Steve Nash, man. I'm sorry. If he quits, whatever it has to be, I don't know what you call it, whatever the press statement says – you got to fire Steve Nash. And the second thing is there's a lot of people telling you right now, don't pay Kyrie Irving. 
um, that's fine. I mean, Dallas will if you don't want to pay Kyrie Irving. Right. I'm sorry. This is this is very stupid to me. I understand that you had the problems with the vaccine last season. Ladies and gentlemen, despite what people tell you on TV, we are moving on past COVID. That's the same thing with the NBA. We will not be taking steps backward. He's not missing time next season for any of these reasons. Pay Kyrie Irving and get Steve Nash the hell out the building. Uh, Steve Nash can get a second chance if he needs be. Um, it wouldn't be for my team. I didn't like anything I saw from him in this postseason. Kath, if you can't get Kyrie and KD open, I'm sorry. You're going to have a hard time getting anybody open. So I'm out on Steve Nash. Well, it's going to be a long offseason. And I need Ben Simmons to get on a freaking basketball court next year, too, because uh, you you can let the postseason sail. It was 3-0, whatever. You got to play game one next season and the whole preseason and all of spring training or opening season. Right. Well, I, listen, I'm not necessarily – I know you love Kyrie, and I'm a big Kyrie fan, too. But especially what I saw on Twitter, some uh, Nets fans were saying, yes, the va- obviously vaccine will not be a problem next year, but what if there is something else that comes up and Kyrie finds his way to do You know what I'm saying? No, that's certainly fair. That's certainly like fair. Like Kyrie always finds himself in a position to – I don't know. He's just a weird. He's just a weird dude. Not. And I'm not well, saying that I don't that's disagree with the fact that he's thing. being weird because I mean he's a, a flat earther and all that stuff. And I mean that's what you get for when you pay for a Duke education. But the thing I hate that's gone on with Kyrie Irving is the the media narrative now is that Kyrie Irving is some sense of a bailer. And his whole career, I don't think Kyrie was – when Kyrie got into his fight with LeBron, it was more about ego than him bailing on the team. He just got tired of being the little brother. And he went in Boston, and I think he learned his lesson. And there was a reason why he teamed up with Kevin Durant was because doing this stuff on your own ain't easy. I, I mean, driving like Charles Barkley has been saying on TNT, it's a lot different than riding the bus versus driving the bus. And I, I just don't have the understanding that – I mean, yes, he's had some injury problems in the back end of Boston, but this was a guy who showed up in Cleveland when it was terrible. I mean, he was playing 60, 65 games on the terrible Cavs. This is not somebody who has just rolled around the NBA collecting free checks like Ben Simmons. This is somebody I think that was very much dependable before the whole vaccine story. And I think he just found himself on a very bad side of a narrative. I mean, let's be honest, taking a stance against the vaccine is not something that was seen as incredibly popular at that time. And I think that's what really bit him in the ass. I am not ready to bail. Uh, honestly, though, if Brooklyn wants to bail on Kyrie, they can because somebody else will pay him. I, I I promise you that, Nets fans. I just don't think you're better off without him. I think the the biggest thing for me, first off, with him is that maybe this is what Kyrie – I mean, I'm not going to say this is what Kyrie is, but since he left LeBron, he had made it out of the first round, Kevin. I mean – Well, and, but – And, he pissed, time, that, and, and, and he pissed that one out as well. Like, he did it himself because he wanted to be the guy on a, on a team. And, and – uh, and he was it, it was that way for Boston, but then he leaves Boston because he understands that maybe he's not necessarily good enough, or maybe he needs to team up with somebody else that's just as good or better than he is. And that's what happens. I don't necessarily think that this Nets experiment is quote unquote done. I think you obviously no, still do stick with Kyrie and KD. No, you can. You can. No, you cannot fail with this. The Nets cannot fail with KD and Kyrie. Absolutely not. And the other thing you have to do is you need to put the pieces around this roster together better too, because you understand that part of the issue with this Nets is not just Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Kevin Durant was the best defender on this basketball team, ladies and gentlemen, without yeah. a doubt. And now, granted, when Ben Simmons comes back, that'll help too. But damn it, Nick Claxton was not helping anybody out in the postseason. I mean, uh, Goran Dragic had a game. Patty Mills was terrible. I mean, this roster was not well tacked around those guys as well and the thing I want to highlight to Brooklyn fans is they get ready to bail on Kyrie why the hell is Kyrie getting blamed for the exact same thing Kevin Durant did 
Kevin Durant played just like Kyrie did in the series. And if anything, game one, Kyrie was better than game four, Kyrie. So we can say Kyrie gave it more in game one than Kevin Durant did in games two and three. So I just I just don't get why all of the bailing has to be on Kyrie Irving's end when Kevin Durant put in the same level of performance as Kyrie. Well, he's the scapegoat goat for sure. Absolutely, uh, and that's and that's what I really think is the reason. Well, why I think Kyrie, I think bail. Kyrie played better than uh, KD did in the series. Which I, is I think so thing. too. I think he played better than he did. And, uh, KD's no, performance you, in Game Four was good, and it was it was great. Uh, what did you about thirty nine? Um, but I, again, though, I, I don't think that either way. I I still don't. It's not even to me the lack of scoring. It's the lack of consistency i mean what three for 11 no no three. that's that's fair you know he got he got 11 points at the free throw line uh that's part of the game don't get me wrong i get that four turnovers four fouls i mean he finished minus six he couldn't guard anybody they were playing he played all 47 minutes i well, get it he, I, outside of the first game he really did struggle with marcus smart the first game uh he torched marcus smart after that marcus smart really gave him some issues and now i a lot of you him guys and Jaylen, or me. him and uh jason tatum I was going to say, a lot of people will tell me it had a lot to do with the help defense, but still, you got to drive somebody in to help defense. 100%. And the Celtics were doing an absolute beautiful job of leading guys in the help defense all season. Well, because you know why? Because they can play play one through five. But let me tell you Celtics defense can play one through five. And I think there's one thing that's going to change with this series right here. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a real chance the Boston Celtics go on to win the title. And if the Boston Celtics go on to win the title, this loss will be completely different. The reason why 100%. this is such a problem right now is because nobody believes in the Boston Celtics, which I don't understand. I don't know about you, Kath. I'm ready to push all my chips to the center of the Boston Celtics table. But after that series, that defense, holy moly. If you can do that on uh, consistently, and if you can do it to Kevin Durant, you're going to have a lot of success, especially when the 100%. guys you play aren't going to be as good a scorer as Kevin Durant. And as, as the Boston Celtics continue to win series, the way this loss will, as will seem will completely change just because of the fact that so many people don't believe in the Celtics right now. If they go on to win the title, I promise you the Nets offseason will be a whole lot different. Now, if Boston goes out there and gets waxed in four games against Milwaukee next series, okay, now Brooklyn has even more of an issue. But I don't see that being the case at all. And I think that will really help the, or the Brooklyn going into the offseason. Yeah, no, I... It's going to be interesting to see the moves that they make this offseason, what uh, moves they will make. Need Ben um, Simmons back, man. You need him back. No, for he sure. Help this team a lot. Uh, I want to move it over to the Raptors 76ers. Are they making this a series, Calvin? Um, Raptors Fred making this a series? not going to play in game six, but it doesn't seem to matter. I mean, you know, it didn't seem to matter. I, 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 com- I wrote them off completely. Yeah, they, yeah that's, I wrote them off completely when I saw Fred Van Vliet wasn't playing in game five. Uh, they come out and beat him 103 to 88. Uh, hey, let's tip our hat to Scotty Barnes because I, mean, I, I said I said right here on the yeah. show I had no faith in Scotty Barnes to play. Kath, he logged 41 minutes and was good. I mean, he was yeah. plus 13. I mean, he was yeah. he was good too. So shout out to Scotty Barnes showing some dog. He filled, he, he filled up the stat sheet: eight Absolutely. rebounds, four assists, three block or three steals, one uh, one turnover, three fouls, 12 points. Uh, the question, and this isn't a question, this is an observation, I guess, and we've been saying this. 76ers have no pinch. Like, oh, none. man, bro. I love George Niang, but he's a laughing stock at this point. They had 11 points on the bench. And I get the fact that when your starters are playing 40-plus minutes besides Danny Green, which good, <laughs> I get that. Thibel didn't even start. Thibel was one for six. That's what it's looked like. 0 for three, exactly. 0 for three from three. 0 for two at the free throw line. Two points. I'm not – 
worried necessarily about the 76ers in the series. I'm worried about the 76ers whenever they move on. Let me right? tell you, if, Kath, when if Bible doesn't when play, this is a on. terrible defense. I'm 100%. sorry, ladies and gentlemen. This is a terrible defense. And the only reason why they didn't, they're not getting blown out by more games in this series is because, I mean, we told you before the postseason, Toronto terrible. cannot score a bucket in the half court man, to save yeah. their freaking life. They cannot find half court buckets at all. And this is why, I mean, this is what happened when your best players are power forward. All love to Pascal Siakam. It's just hard when you don't have anybody who can yeah. beat somebody off the ball. I mean, you're not, you're yeah. not getting open looks. And so, but unfortunately, Philadelphia is turning the ball over like nobody's business. They're allowing transition buckets like nobody's business. And when you do that, yeah. you're going to lose like nobody's business. And that's what we've seen in these last two games. Um, Philly, this series is alive now. If you stumble in game six, you are done. You because it's in, it's in Toronto now. I'm not saying that Thibel is is a big piece of this puzzle here. necessarily. One less guy off the bench, though. Is it Thibel or Tobias? It's it's Thibel. Thibel can't it's play. Thibel. He only clocked 14 minutes, but that's 14 less minutes than you're going to have in the next game. Danny Green's not picking up 14 more minutes. Well, I'll that's what that. I was about to say. That's what I was about to say. Like, regardless of whether he purchases or not, he's still getting you minutes. And you, who are you going to give the minutes to outside of uh, unit outside of Danny Green, Yang? And now let me tell you this: I'm not saying the Raptors are going to win this series, although I did in seven games. So I really do want the Raptors to win this series. Philly should win this series, ladies and gentlemen. 100%. Yes. But the Raptors are not dead, and this is why Doc Rivers exploded at that media conference today. It's because he knows the Raptors are not dead, and if, if Philly comes out and plays like they've played in games four and five. We're going to game seven, ladies and gentlemen. And if we get to game seven, I'm sorry, Philadelphia will be emotionally defeated. This series is wrapped up. So if you're Philly, I really do think you need to close this one out tonight. There is no reason you should let this thing go seven, Kath. The media will turn on you so fast if you let this thing go seven. You think people are grilling James Harden now? Just wait till you blow a 3-0 lead. It'll be so much worse before game seven. But uh, let's tip our hat to Toronto. Shout out to those guys. They're making this a series, and they're playing really good. Shout out to Nick Nurse. He's coaching circles around Doc Rivers, just like we told y'all he would. Well, yeah, again, though, I'm not even worried about uh... – like I said, if, if I'm a Philadelphia fan, obviously I'm worried about this Raptors team and this Raptors game. Got to put the uh, series in, away, man. In, in Toronto. But again, though, I'm worried about the Boston freaking Celtics. Yeah, you got to play the Miami Heat next round. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you're if, if this series started oh, tomorrow. Oh, they're playing I'm Miami? I thought they were playing Boston. Yeah, Boston's the two seed. They got to play three seeded Milwaukee. Um, five seeded uh, or four seeded Philadelphia will play one seeded Miami because. Yes. Um, and the issue yes, with Miami, yes, though, is. Uh, they're rest. They rested guys and still beat the Hawks. I mean, this Miami team is ready to go. Uh, Philadelphia, that is not the case. I am losing confidence every single game. James Harden, I just need you to show up once. I'm not even asking you to be great all series anymore. Just show up once. If you could give me 35 points in Game Six, I would be jaw dropped on this show on Monday, on Friday because I yeah. doubt he will do it. I'm just looking for one game from James Harden. And Tyrese Maxey went back to human in game five, only had 12 points. We need a second yeah. option, guys. If Joel Embiid's only going to score 20, somebody else has got to step up. I think the Sixers, like you said, I'm not worried about this series, but it, the lights aren't out on the Raptors, ladies and gentlemen. Well, there's another game Monday. Uh, Calvin's Dallas Mavericks just absolutely just slaughtered, just slaughtered the Jazz. Uh, by 25. Calvin, I, we're gonna we're not gonna spend much time on this. Um, much I just to want, talk about, big man. <laughs> Bogdanovich finished minus 37. Holy Donovan hell. Mitchell finished minus 38. Um, uh, Royce O'Neal finished minus 29. That's impressive. You're, seven, you you're leading. 
your leading scorer was Jordan Clarkson uh, off the bench, 20 points, minus 17. Then it was Rudy Gobert, uh, 17, 11, uh, and no assists. Uh, then you had Donovan Mitchell, who shot four for 15 and 0 for 7 from three. Like yes. I said, minus 38, finished with nine oh. points. Calvin, Utah oh. looks like this is this. I would argue this is the worst game that I have seen in the postseason uh, from one side. Utah looked terrible, like terrible. Shouldn't have come out and, and shouldn't even be in the playoffs. Terrible. I, 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 I don't know, I don't I know if I'm over for them. I don't know if I'm over exaggerating, Calvin. Um, minus but 38. Bogdanovich minus, didn't make a single shot. He was old for nine. Yeah, Bogdanovich minus uh, 37. And then you had Donovan Mitchell minus 38. O'Neal minus 29. Like I said, Gobert minus eight. Mike Conley minus seven. Um, they look terrible, Calvin. I mean, y'all got this. Uh, you're 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 gonna win in six, right? Well, I said I said this in the last series. The lights are not out on the Toronto Raptors, and no, the, the nail is in the coffin when it comes to Utah Jazz, ladies and gentlemen. They're already in the off season. Um, Donovan Mitchell's faking injuries right now. He's getting MRIs for stuff that he doesn't even need. Um, Rudy Gobert. So I was about to pissed. ask you about that. Bogdanovich yeah. is down bad tremendously. He just shot zero for nine. Bogdanovich, I don't speak his language. Whatever he was screaming on the bench, Kath, he was not happy. Not happy. He was. Yeah. He was not happy. Uh, you got Daniel House throwing chairs <laughs> while only playing like twelve minutes. Uh, shout out to Daniel House. I don't know what the hell you're mad about, bro. Um, the Utah Jazz. Uh, it's the, it wasn't even about the Mavs looking good. That's not even the thing I'm taking away from yeah, this game. Honestly, the y'all Utah didn't even Jazz look that great. Sucked. Yeah, bro. It wasn't. I mean, I, what was the number? Shot 28% from three. I yeah. mean, it, it was 12 for 43. Like, there were some open shots that didn't go in. But that was the other thing. Utah didn't try on offense or defense, Gab. You scored. They, I mean, listen, they scored 36 at, at half. They were they only scored 36 points in two quarters. Like combined. And I, I am a firm believer that the Mavs are the next best defense outside of the Boston Celtics in the playoffs. But, damn, nobody should score 77 points in an NBA game, no matter who you're playing. That is embarrassing. And um, the AAC got a good laugh out of this one. This was embarrassing for the Utah Jazz. Um, Kath, we talked about – I told you they were going to blow it up before this game. Kath, if ownership saw this, these guys are done. These guys are done, man. Three for There's 30 no- is what the Utah shot from three. Three for 30. They shot 10%. 10%. Oh, my. It was terrible, yeah, but I want to – I want to throw it over to Tuesday. I want to throw it over Tuesday. Um, the Heat did beat the Hawks. Uh, shout out to the Hawks for getting absolutely just demoralized. Uh, Trey Young has played the worst four or five games that I've ever seen Trey Young play. Um, two for 12 on the uh, from the field, 0 for 5 from three, 11 points. I think he's averaging like 13 – he averaged 13 points in the series. Nice. Uh, I believe is what it was. Uh, outside of Trey Young, it really wasn't a – uh, or there was, really wasn't a ton except – um, hey, tip our Hunter. hat. Daniel uh, Hunter, Hunter put in a game, bro. Yeah, DeAndre, DeAndre, DeAndre Hunter, my apologies. He put in a game, bro. 35-11 and two, three steals. Uh, the other side, the Heat was, I mean, all hands on deck. We talked about Victor Oladipo. He's back, baby. He looks back. Worries me about the Heat is the lack of depth outside of Tyler Hero. Then who else? Duncan Robinson? Bam. He was lights very, out in game one. He's been terrible games three, four, I know. Five. It's very di- it's very difficult. And I, I know that you very rarely have a bench uh, or you don't play your entire bench. It's very difficult, though, when you only play six players, especially if you're playing somebody like Memphis. In college. Or, the same college. Uh, especially it, it, with Memphis, uh, because they can play ten guys, 
just being and, and and then especially in like a game seven, everybody's tired. Everybody, I mean, these are back to back games. You're traveling. You're barely getting any sleep. It, it, it's part of the grind. Whatever. That's the only thing that worries me about the seat. I, do you do you feel as worried about that, or am I just kind of overreacting here? Well, um, so we you have eight guys that played in this one. If you count Duncan, I don't really count Dwayne Dedman. Only clocked in two minutes. No, Remember, uh, we have Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler to add to this equation too. You put those two guys in the mix, and okay. we're sitting at not maybe nine, ten guys. And in, the only thing I really like about the Heat is I did not anticipate absolutely anything from Victor Oladipo coming into the postseason. And this is now two games where he was pretty good. He was yeah. pretty good. And so if Victor Oladipo can just give you anything, um, even when Tyler Hero is inconsistent, it's okay. You have two of them now, Kath. I mean, you got Victor right. Oladipo and Tyler Hero. And so right. I, I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty confident about the Heat. Um, Jimmy Butler looks pretty good. I mean, I know he didn't play in this game, Kath. I do not understand why you're resting guys in the postseason. Um, that That is kind of alarming to me. I don't know why Miami thought that was a good idea. But ladies and gentlemen, Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler were not hurt. Well, I'm wondering if it's because they figured they could beat him anyways. Um, well, like, uh, but I understand that, but it it's, just, hey, still, listen, it's it, ballsy, bro. That that's some cojones on Pat I mean, Riley right there. The only reason why we're not talking about it is because they won. Now, if we exactly. were if, if they lost, and we would absolutely be talking about this, and it would be three two, uh, and and you'd be heading back. But uh, I, I don't, I'm, I don't know. I don't know how comfortable I feel in the heat. I, I, the, Atlanta's not as good terrible. as I feel in Boston. Like, I'll tell you that, and that's Atlanta a good point. Atlanta is terrible. Like they are too. terrible, and so, you let the Trey Young less Atlanta Hawks stay in this game, almost win this game, and right. uh, that's that's not a great not a, now I get it. Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry didn't play, that's fair, but still Trey Young shot two for eleven. The Hawks lost by three points. Usually when Trey Young sucks, the Hawks get blown out. So I'm just just a little bit. It's definitely a concern moving into the next round. But the good news is is I got a feeling Toronto is going to win Game Six, and that uh, Philadelphia series is going to go even longer. So they're going to get plenty of rest moving into the next round, and plenty of time to get a game plan together. Eric Spoelstra is a great coach too. I think that's something that they'll have over the next round. I got a lot of love for Nick Nurse. If the Raptors find a way to win, he's not what Eric Spoelstra is. Eric Spoelstra has a lot of championship experience with LeBron and D Wade. So I think that he'd have a lot of the pieces to be successful. They just got to find a way to plug them all together. Yeah, I want to move it to the Suns game, uh, the nightcap. Uh, I've watched probably till the, the beginning yeah, of the tried, fourth quarter. I, I tried to stay with this one too, but it was uh, one great basketball. Uh, I do want to throw this out there. If Chris Paul was not the uh, NBA Players Association president, uh, he'd be missing the next couple of games because he definitely 100% kicked Alvarado in the nut on a jumper, uh, but he's not going to get any time. Whatever, that's fine. If that's how we want to play it, then, then Draymond shouldn't have gotten um, suspended whenever he kicked LeBron in the nuts. So, I mean, I it agree. shouldn't happen. Let, let's let's keep it the same across the board, Adam Silver. Um, if if because it was clear and blatant, Ooh, wait, he wasn't even wait, anywhere wait, wait, close. Draymond punched Draymond, Draymond punched LeBron. He threw he threw he threw the fist. Remember that, that that's that's I know, but who or who did he who did he kick? He in kicked Stephen Adams. You're right about Steven that though. Adams. He did kick Stephen Adams. Very similar to this play, and he got suspended. Same thing. Uh, yeah, he got suspended. And all I'm saying is is let's just keep that. Uh, no, you're damn. That's same. a good point. It's a uh, Chris Paul. Chris Paul did look okay. Uh, okay. We were asking about where he was going to be at uh, heading into this game five here uh, because uh, – well, what's his name's out? The question that I have for you, Calvin, is without Devin Booker, do you feel comfortable in the Suns? With the Suns? No. Um, I don't Mikkel Bridges was absolutely phenomenal last night. But I'm not getting that from Mikel Bridges every night. I'm sorry. He, 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 hadn't, he hadn't done no. that pushback um Mikel Bridges is a 14 point per game scorer he's a damn good defender 
but he's yeah. not a 31 point per game scorer, ladies and gentlemen. He shot the lights out of the ball yesterday. I'm going to tip his hat because 12 for 17, 4 for 4 behind the line and all your free throws. Absolutely. But outside very, of him, very the Phoenix Suns did not play very good and they did not shoot well from behind the line. Um, if you're the Phoenix Suns, uh, you definitely need Devin Booker to beat the Mavs. Um, I don't think you need Devin Booker to beat this, uh, the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans might push this one to seven, though, Kath. I'm not ready to bury the I Pelicans. They shot yeah. – uh, I don't know what it was. It was like there was a lid on the basket. I mean, they yes. got some really good looks in the back Great of this looks. ball game. Yes. And C.J. McCollum just couldn't buy a bucket. So, you and, know, was, uh, okay, so I'm glad you brought that up because you said it on win or Monday. You said he needs to quit shooting. And this joker continues to just yak shots up, and he doesn't make them. He doesn't make them. The offense should not run through him. It should run through Brandon freaking Ingram. I'm so incredibly frustrated watching that. But unfortunately, if there's a lid on the basket, you got to let somebody else give it a shot. He took – there was a time where they got this down to nine points, and they had a real good chance of getting back in this game. And then CJ McCollum came down and jacked twice. And what you told me on social media was, I saw this twice, was, well, you can't blame CJ McCollum. The ball went in and out. I mean, guys, if the ball went in and out, it didn't go in. And right. I mean, that, and the Phoenix. And I get it that Brandon Ingram points. hasn't been great. I get it. Or he, or he wasn't great uh, in, in game five. But he has been great for the first four you games. CJ McCollum, though, Bill. I mean, like. Seven for 22, I just can't live with him taking that many shots. It doesn't seem to be a recipe for success. Like I said, I want this game to go – I want this series to go long, though, because Luka could use some extra rest. So, hopefully, Fina, or the Pelicans can win a game and take this one to seven. Uh, yeah. Uh, last game here in the NBA uh, on, on Tuesday, a photo finish right there oh at the end. John Moran, I'm so tired of these two uh, wolves, bro. So, there's a couple of things that I wanted to – or that I took away from this game. First off, Cat, shut up. Uh, hell of a shot. It was a great shot, buddy. It was. Yeah. Um, Pat Bev, Pat Bev uh, the Not minute that you called him too small, he scored the, the last 13 points for Memphis. Let's not do that again. What did hey, I tell you? We told you? you guys that. What too, did I boy. tell you? Oh, I told you this, Calvin. I told you that you cannot do that to John Morant and this Memphis team. You cannot trash talk that much to this team because exactly they're going they to want, expose bro. you. And guess what? They exposed them. This series should have been done. I'm just yeah, Minnesota should have put this team away in five games. Minnesota should have pushing these leads away, bro. It is so annoying. And the reason why it is so it's annoying terrible. because as they piss these leads away, Cat is talking shit. As they yeah. are pissing leads away. And I get it if you want to talk shit when you're about to win the game, but as you are pissing the lead away, he's done it twice in this series, and they have pissed away sizable leads in the fourth quarter, 13 and 11 points. Fam, this series should be over, Minnesota. You've done this to yourself. I got no compassion for them. Memphis outscored him by 13 in the fourth quarter. And let me tell you something. Cat was great. I'm not even going to sit here and say that Cat wasn't great. Cat was great. He was perfect in the free throw line. Uh, He was five for seven from three. He dropped 28 points. It's great. What I really don't understand is Pat Bev talking. It's really what I don't understand. Pat, you made made one shot, one, one of your three shots you made, and you called John Morant too small? Let me tell you what he said. He was okay with Carl Anthony Towns. Cat, I wasn't, bro. He was still minus three despite doing all he did. And the reason why he was minus three is because he played terrible defense in the back end of this basketball game. If you're the center, you're supposed to protect the rim. I'm sorry, Cat. He's scared of John Morant. You can't tell me anything to make me change my mind. He is scared of John Morant. I think that uh, that dunk just sealed it for him. He's Uh, scared. Nasty ass dunk. 
And then uh, explain to me what happened at the very end on the uh, on the inbound there, uh, because Jaw just got whatever. He, I mean, Jaw had a driving well, Anthony lane. Edwards, you cannot try to steal the ball in a tie game. No, you cannot try. That was a rookie mistake. I get that. I, I, honestly, you can give a lot of the blames to Anthony Edwards because if anything, that's the reason you lost the game. But this game shouldn't have been alive right there. Bro, right. Kath, you cannot be seven feet tall and be scared to go in the paint. I'm sorry. Uh, you're seven feet tall. It's like you, you remember when you were young and you played football and they used to tell you, you can't play linebacker if you're not going to hit anybody. I'm sorry. You just can't do it. You have to be yeah. okay with contact. It's the same thing with center. You cannot play center and be scared of contact. And until Carl Anthony Towns straps his balls back onto his body and decides to meet John Moran at the ball at the rim, they're going to lose game six. The series is over and I'm tired. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm ready for the Timberwolves to head into the offseason. I'm tired of watching Carl Anthony Towns play. I'm tired of watching Pat Bev. That's exactly Me what too, Pat Me too, bro. Him too, like, that was, bro. That was so dumb. I, I'm sorry. Best part of this game was when he fouled out, bro, without a doubt. A, that was the best yeah, 100%. part of the game. 100%. the dumbest. I'm telling you, he, that had to be the dumbest thing that you could have said Shut to up, him. Shut up, bro. Shut up. Today, uh, the Bulls play the Bucks at 630 on TNT, and then the uh, Nuggets and Warriors also play um, at 9 o'clock um, TNT. Yeah, see you later, Denver. It was nice knowing you. I said that about the Raptors on Wednesday or Monday. Damn, I can't get my day. I can't get my face <laughs> straight. I said that about uh, whatever. I'm just moving on. I did want to say. I did want to say one thing though. Uh, I love when games are on TNT. I think. I, I think Ernie and the guys do a phenomenal job. Kenny, Shaq, and um, Charles Barkley do a phenomenal job. That's organic conversation. Ain't no script. It's great. No, no, no. It's moment. exactly. It's great chilled, laid-back conversation. They give their opinion. is exactly what it should be. I love when games are on TNT because I actually listen to the halftime report and watch it instead of just getting on my phone and going on yeah, TikTok or whatever. Yeah, I turn them. I don't listen to that crap. Oh, yeah, I actually 100%. like um, Reggie Miller, too. I really do enjoy Reggie Miller yeah. on uh, uh, color commentary. He, I think he does a yeah, really good call. job. And I think he uh, he brings a lot of excitement to the booth. I enjoy it. Yes. Don't get me wrong. I love Mike Breed. Nobody tops Mike Breed, Mike Jackson. I'm not saying that, but I just really do love it. I'm getting over at TNT. They're giving ESPN a run for their money, and I like no, that. No, for sure. No, for sure. Uh, Thursday, 76ers and Raptors play uh, at 6 o'clock. Philly is minus one and a half right there. Uh, they are in Toronto, uh, so there was that little travel day right there. Suns Pelicans, they travel back to uh, New Orleans. Uh, that's on TNT. There's not a line for that game. Reason even. for that, ladies and gentlemen, Vegas don't know because we don't know. It's even. So uh, Mavs Jazz play uh, on Yo, Thursday as well at nine you. o'clock uh, in Utah, uh, also on yeah. TNT as well. Then in the morning, I will be, I'll be staying up watching that game for sure. Uh, that's really about it in the NBA. Calvin, I want to move it over to the NFL. Uh, NFL draft is coming up. I'm me and Calvin say this all the time, or we've been saying this for the last two weeks. I'm not going to sit here and tell you who's going to go in the first three rounds. Here's what I want to do. Because here's a and, – and I thought about this today. Back in – was it last year's draft? Mac Jones? Yes. Yeah. If – back – or last year's draft, you had Trevor Lawrence going number one. That was going to be it. You had um, – what's his name going number two? And you had Zach Mac Wilson. Jones going number three. Yes, you had Zach Wilson going number two and then Mac Jones going number three. That was the consensus all the way up leading up until the day before the draft. Everybody told me that. Todd Everybody me told that. me that. Everybody, all the draft experts, all the college football experts, they were all saying that Mac Jones was going to be taken third overall, whatever. He falls to 15, I think is what it was, goes to New England. 
So I don't ever listen to anybody when they tell me who's going where. Um, I don't do it because I think it's dumb. Uh, I don't think anybody really knows. I don't know. Nobody else knows. Uh, but I did want to take it in the other direction, though, of moves that we can see and, and, and possibly see happening heading into this draft. Um, and take a couple of, uh, of, of your picks uh, your, or your, your top picks. Are they going to move out or move back or whatever? So, Calvin, um, first and foremost, what do you want to see from your Cowboys uh, in this draft? Do you want to see them move up? If you do, who do you want to get? Uh, if you, let's say you don't move up, who do you still want to get? What kind of player, what kind of uh, position, all that kind of stuff? I kind of hinted at this last episode, and um, I really think it's one simple move. I want to stay at our pick that we have, and I want to go offensive guard preferably or tackle. I can live with either one. But then I want to move up into the top ten. I want to go after one of the top three corners. Um, I'm at the point now where I've settled with Andrew Booth Jr., too, the guy out of Clemson. I, I would not okay. be objected to if the Cowboys ended up with him. But I really want Saws Gardner or Derek Stingley Jr. I think these are A-plus prospects right here, especially coming into the cornerback position. Either one of the guys I think could come in and make an impact this season, Kath. And that's what I really want in round one. You want guys who can impact your team right away. And I think Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley Jr. are guys that can make an impact in year one. Andrew Booth, I'm not so confident how big his impact would be in year one, but I still think he's a solid prospect, somebody that would build with. And then, like I said, I need I need, I need, need something on the offensive line. Uh, at 20, I can't tell you which of the offensive linemen are going to be available. I mean, we could screw around and get the number one offensive lineman at 23. That's not going to happen. But with the way this draft goes, you never know. So if we get blessed and a tackle guard slides our way, I think that's a blessing down there in the 20s. But I really want to move into these top 10 picks and try to get one of these elite corners, Kath, because like you said, I think these teams in one through 10 don't know what they're going to do. So we can help them out a little bit. We can help them out. Well, you know what's really interesting? Because I saw this come across my thing today. Uh, my timeline today, <clears throat> apparently the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are very high on Trayvon Walker from Georgia, defensive lineman. Uh, he's a top 15 draft pick, yes. Number one overall draft pick, I don't know. Like, According to Vegas. According I to Vegas. I can't believe know. it. I cannot believe it. I'm, I'm not even like Kath. I'm not, I don't know. I know, no. No, no, I think you're stretching right here, Jacksonville. Um, I think what Jacksonville is trying to do is they're trying to make a splash, Kath. And I get it. I get it. You want to make a splash? Oh, you want to grab the headlines? No, 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 no. no, no. I, Let me tell you something, because Jacksonville has not been good for seven plus years. Okay. They haven't been relevant in the last 20, 30 years. The last relevancy they had was because the quarterback had a phenomenal mustache. That was it. And Gardner Minshew, that was it. If you are in a position like that where you have not been relevant, you have not been good for 20 years, there's a reason why you have the first overall pick, then you don't try and make a splash. You take no the safe back. bet. You no take the back. safe I bet. I do not understand. Like, um, And it, it, it burped. That's what, dumb. Like, it wasn't even alive in the media cycle until, like, what, Monday or Tuesday? And then all of a sudden, yesterday, Vegas dude, is flipping yesterday. the odds on a tee. And all of a sudden, and if I'll tell you this, ladies and gentlemen, Vegas does not like losing money. Um, if Vegas is flipping these odds this dramatically too, because now he's the consensus betting favorite to be number one. Yeah. So I mean, I just I don't see it, Kath. Um, maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I don't want to wish on the kid's downfall, but I just don't think he's he's the number one pick. I think he was somewhere in like the 12 to 15 range. And um, shout out to the kid. I mean, his draft stocks absolutely exploded. And like you said, 15 minutes. That was crazy. I I just think that's so. Um, <clears throat> I just think it's so. I don't know. Just weird. I, I guess. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is people are, or people are now saying that he's going to fall all the way down to nine. Uh, I'm telling you, this is, I, this is going to be such an interesting draft. Like I'm so excited for tomorrow because this so is going like, to be like, 
I have no clue. I have no bro, clue. The draft, the draft is like the movie draft day right now, bro. Like that is the type of draft we're in for. Like just absolute chaos because none of these teams know who the other teams are picking. And I tell you guys, draft big boards, especially in front offices, have a lot of structure to them. They have anticipations of who's going to go where and who they think will still be on the board. You can't do that this year. There is there is no guarantee of who's going where. Uh, we oh, don't know who's no. going at one. We don't know who's going at two. And we, I mean, all the way through the first round, it's just going to be a whole lot of, did they really take him there? So I oh, really, okay. I, I, I was I was really diving deep into um, Jacksonville because uh, they, they need help everywhere but quarterback. Uh, they they have they have worked on the offensive line, so I don't think that they're going to yeah, take uh, Evan Neal or any, do that. anybody else. Um, I definitely think that they're they should go defensive player here again. I have no clue. This is going to be really interesting. Uh, a team though that that I think will will make a move is going to be the Jets. I they have three is it three first round picks? Yes, sir. Uh, top ten, I believe. Yeah, so I think the Jets are going to make a move. Uh, they have they have the fourth overall pick and then they have the eighth overall pick, um, and then you have to go all the way down. And I think they have like it's like the twenty something pick or something ridiculous. I can't remember uh, what it is, but they have three first round picks, uh, and or maybe it's just two first round picks. No, uh, it's only two. I'm looking at it here, and I thought yeah, the yeah, same yeah. Thing. It's only, I can't find the third one, so I guess I'm tripping. Maybe I was tripping. Maybe I'm thinking of the. Uh, the Giants? Is it the Giants that has three? No, it's picks? Philly. Philly has three. They have Philly 15, has three. And 19. Philly. There it is. Yeah, yeah, Philly has. Okay. Either way, though, uh, I I still think that they move just because they have the eighth and the fourth. Um, I'm wondering if they trade one of those, fall back a little bit, trade both of those, go up. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I want that ten I, pick. I think the Cowboys should target that ten pick. I think you I, can get one of the two corners still at ten. I personally think that uh, they should. I mean, I, I if I'm if I'm the Jets organization, I don't know if I am trading any of my picks. Uh, I think you. I got two players. players in mind. I'm going to go um, Kyle Hamilton at four, if he's still on the board, but I think he will still be on the board. I think you need help okay. on the back end desperately if you're the New York Jets. And then I'm going to go Garrett Wilson at 10. I think you're going to have your pick of receiver with the 10th pick. I mean, uh, whatever one you feel the most comfortable in, I think that's going to be the one. And I think there's no way in hell you need to trade your picks, though. That's not a solution. No, I – I don't know if you trade them. It would be interesting if they did trade them, though, just because, like I said, they have the two top cents. I think I um, think Debo would make some sense. Maybe so, and that's it. That's the other thing too. So if if we're gonna because they're because Debo Samuel is still on the market right now, they still have not traded for him. They probably would trade for him today, tomorrow, if they do it. Could be right before the draft. I mean, we could be talking minutes before the draft. Um, I have no idea if somebody's going to do that. Uh, it's got to be a, it's got to be a team with multiple first rounders. That's or Giants. Imagine. I think those are the only two suitors. I, I would imagine maybe Philly, like you said, they've got three. Okay, uh, yeah, need some help. Devontae Smith's the only guy there. But the question is though, with Jamison Williams at, or I mean, with uh, Philly at twelve, and then you've also got New the Jets at eight um, and four. Like some of these teams that they're talking about. I think you can get a wide receiver in this draft. You don't have to trade them. Not I think. I know you can. I agree. You're still going to have Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Drake London, and Chris uh, Olave. I guess four receivers right there that will be taken in the first 20 picks, at least I think. I think uh, Sky Moore will get into the first round too, the guy from Western Kentucky. Yeah, so that's that's what I'm saying. I don't know if you trade Debo for a pick in the first round. I don't I either, don't man. 
I'm not saying that I, I don't think that he's worth it. I think he is worth the first round pick. Uh, but can, can, uh, consider, I don't know. I don't know if he's worth the one. He's a wide receiver, bro, and he's a wide receiver yeah. that wants to get paid at top line money. Uh, I'm gonna have to give away a draft pick and then give away 26 mil on the cap. That's that. That's a hell of a package right there. That's a hell of a pack, especially for a guy who played what eight games last year. No, I don't disagree with you, bro. I don't. I, I'm just saying. I, I I don't think that he's worth the first round pick. I guess maybe he is. I don't know. I don't know, dog. Uh, what I do know is that anybody that – I would imagine that he's going to get traded. There's no way I think so too. after this draft. There's no way. Well, I think San Francisco wants to get into the first round. Uh, San Francisco doesn't have a first-round pick right, right now. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Um, I think – and San Francisco is a smart organization. Ladies and gentlemen, if I could flip um, Debo Samuel for one of these rookie receivers on fresh money, I'd do it seven days out of the week, twice on Sunday, baby. That is a hell of a deal, you especially one of these guys like – Exactly. Uh, well, shoot, you might even be able. Honestly, if you go into like twenty twenty five, you still get your eyes. Maybe Chris Olafale still on the board. Maybe Traylon no. Burks, the guy from Alabama or Arkansas. I think there's still talent at picks twenty through thirty. No, so I don't not, even no, think no, you have to go not, that high. Yeah, you're you're de- you're ne- you're definitely not wrong. Uh, uh, Dotson probably will be there. I don't think that he's. I mean, I think he's a P plus guy. I don't know. Um, I've watched him a little bit, but. Um, Sky Moore, like you were saying, he won't. He won't. I don't think Sky Moore will be in the top twenty-five. I don't think so either. I think the only way he gets into the first round is it's late. Maybe Kansas City at twenty-nine or thirty. I know Kansas City's got to go wide receiver, so they're probably gonna have to grab the best one available. But I just there's so much. There's so many of them. I mean, let's 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 go through it. Chris Olave, Drake London, Jamison Williams, uh, Garrett Wilson. Uh, these are all high-profile receivers. And even I, Dodson, even Dodson is is a, a big name. Um, yeah, uh, even with the he, injury, I don't think it kills Jamerson Williams. I think he's still a first round talent. Um, oh, hundred percent. He will. Definitely I just be a first round talent. I, the issue, the issue that these wide receivers are going to have is, damn it, there's a lot of talent on the board outside of receiver too. I mean, we've got to deal with the two corners. You've got what three or four real quality linebackers in this draft. Tackles pretty deep. I mean, edge rusher. They're two elite edge rushers. Two edge rushers. You've got uh, a D lineman, um, two D linemen. Yeah, no, you're. No, there's a ton think, of talent in this draft. Oh, that's man. That's why, so that's why it's so interesting because Absolutely. there isn't a quarterback that is just by far better than anybody else there uh, and by far better than um, any anybody, any other quarterback that we've How seen. How many quarterbacks do so, you think in the first round? Um, one. I think it's just Malik Willis. I'm gonna say two. I you think at pick Willis 32, Kenny Pickett. I think at 32, the Detroit Lions have 32. I think they're they're gonna take a quarterback, and then I think um the only other one will be Atlanta at eight. I don't think anybody no, else does it in the uh, first round. Uh, I think Pittsburgh. No, no, the Seahawks have the 32nd pick. The 32nd, the last round. I thought that. Yeah, yeah, I thought, I thought it was uh, Seattle. No, the Detroit. It's Detroit from the Rams for Matt Stafford. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They have yeah, the yeah, uh, yeah. very last pick be uh, from the Rams, and I think if the last pick around thirty-two, I mean, why not sneak a quarterback into the first round? I think Detroit could do that because I think Detroit needs a lot of help everywhere, so you can't well, do know, it at what pick if Detroit two. Trades it though. What if Detroit trades the pick? No, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. If Detroit trades it, I think the number is one. But I think I think if Detroit stays at thirty-two, it'll be for quarterback purposes only. Well, it's gonna but be it's, nobody's it's gonna be interesting too. Because, because if they if they're sitting back there in round thirty or uh, round one and thirty second pick comes and all their guys that they would have wanted to take in the first round are off the board, 
then they could absolutely trade that to somebody like um, Seattle. I'm trying to think of people who have a ton of picks. Seattle. Um, you can go to the, the Giants. The Giants got to do something, Giants. bro. There's no way they just sit around and watch. Um, I think the Eagles are another one, too. I don't think the Eagles can just sit around and watch with all three of these picks. I think they're going to package yeah. them together and try to go get somebody. I know. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Uh, it is, it's also really interesting, too, because, because uh, the Philadelphia does have three first-round picks. Tell me, um, give me a name that uh, you, you don't think is getting enough of media attention right now, somebody that's going to be better than what's being talked about right now. Because there's so many names in this draft. You can't talk about all of them. Somebody's going under the radar. Who do you think it is? Evan Lloyd, linebacker from Utah. Kid I hate you absolute, so much. Kid is an absolute missile, Calvin. I mean, I, <laughs> No, no pushback. That's what I was going to say, bro. I, Tell me I, why. I played, I played because I played that position in high school, and I understand a little bit about it. Maybe not to the to the extent of playing <laughs> in the NFL, uh, but I understand it a little bit. Just the, the basics of playing the position, and this kid can do it all. I mean, he runs sideline to sideline faster than anybody else on the field, and that's including your safeties and your uh, yeah, absolutely and, no pushback. Uh, your corners. Uh, this kid can fit a gap. He can rush. I mean, he can do everything that you want him to do. He carried Utah. He carried Utah's defense um, as far as they went. So, absolutely. Anchor of that team, no pushback. Hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think I think he is incredibly underrated. I think if he went, that he had to go to the draft this year because he had a phenomenal year. He's still going to be a first round talent. I hope and I think he will be. I think um, he might even find a way into the top fifteen picks if somebody if somebody uh, does him a generous favor. I think that's the ceiling, though. I don't think he can go anywhere higher than that. No, yeah, I don't. I don't see him going anywhere higher just because the amount of talent that's there but if, if you take like last year's draft for example uh, outside of your two quarterbacks uh three i guess if you want to add mac jones in there i mean there, it wasn't just an incredible amount of no i agree this year he would like this 10. year i promise you he would have went top 10 i think so too so i think serious. um he's that he's that good I think uh, the same thing applies for N'Kobe Dean, too. I think N'Kobe Dean's going to end up in picks 15 to yeah. 24. I think the same thing. If he was in the dra draft last year, he would have been a top 10 pick. This kid can absolutely – N'Kobe Dean's the same way. He's the fastest guy on the football field, Cap. I mean, uh, you watched right. him play on the Georgia defense. He sideline to sideline every single play. Um, the, the other one, um, I think Jordan Davis is a guy – it's not getting enough, enough love for me. Um, we're watching his teammate – explode up the draft board and Jordan Davis's stock is kind of dropping. Seems like he might be falling into picks 14 through 20. Kath, if he can slide down to 24, I would not be at sad at all if my Cowboys could stumble into Jordan Davis to add to our well, defensive line. I think that'd be a big win for the Cowboys. I got a question for you here because I, I'm, I'm looking at these I'm looking at these draft boards. I'm looking at multiple um, here. So the Saints have the 16th and the Saints have the 19th pick. Do they go yes, quarterback sir. with one of those two? They go quarterback uh, and receiver or quarterback and safety? I think you go um, – I think the best-case scenario is the, the ceiling falls out on Kyle Hamilton. Maybe he falls all the way down for you at 16. Yeah. I don't think that's the situation, though. I think you go wide receiver, and then I think you go quarterback at 19. Um, honestly, I wouldn't. I think would I think you give Jameis the keys the keys and by doing that you draft another player who's ready to contribute now, but it's also a business and you need a future. And if you don't believe Jameis is that guy, I would not be surprised if they take well, a. Well, I don't think Jameis is the guy either. But here's what I what I really enjoy to see, and this is this has been proven time and time again. If you're a rookie quarterback and you're coming in, um, and you sit behind somebody, and especially somebody like Jameis who's been there and he's done that. I mean, he's been around. Yeah, he's seasoned he's at this playing, point, ladies and gentlemen. He, exactly. He's been playing football for a long time. He understands uh, the game of football. Have him sit behind him for a year. 
I mean, it's it's not like your 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 head coach just left you, uh, so it's right. not like there's just a ton of uh, going to be a ton of pressure on you for this next year. Let them sit behind Jameson Williams. Maybe get them in in garbage time games or whatever. Do that. Uh, let them learn, and then get off of Jameis, and then have Malik take over. I- okay, my my question to you though um, is, and this is the issue I'm having here is, you kind of you might have to go tackle. Uh, Tarrant Armstead did just bail out of town. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know the Saints roster you, too well, but maybe I don't you go know if there's a quarterback. I think you take. Quarterback no, I think. The, I, I think. I, would, I think tackling quarterback it. makes a lot of sense. I mean, uh, you stop. Stop fighting with Michael Thomas. Figure that crap out. Keep him in the building. And I actually think you need to. The longer I've sat here and thought about this, I think you need to go tackle, big man, because Tarrant Armstead's going to leave a pretty big hole. Uh, you're you're going to need some help, and maybe you've got a guy on the roster that fills that. Like I said, I don't know the Saints roster inside and out like that, especially not its offensive line, especially not the interior of its, of its offensive line. So it'll be interesting to see, but it, I could certainly see them going quarterback, and that would the, – the, uh, who would it be, though? Malik um, Willis. He's the best quarterback in this draft. It's not getting I, I don't think he's going to still be on the board. I think Malik Willis is going eight to Atlanta or six to Carolina. I think they're going to have to go somebody else. It'll have to be – Carolina um, taking a quarterback? I don't know. I don't know about Carolina. See, I, I know see, Atlanta is. See, I, I'm I, started, almost... I, I started this whole thing, and I was like, yeah, we're not going to sit here and guess. Here we are. We're guessing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I'm, I'm telling you, I think, does. I think eight, if Malik Willis doesn't go six to, uh, to Carolina, I am about guaranteed that Atlanta will take him at well, eight. I feel, uh, like, I feel like Carolina would uh, – I don't know. I, I would take either one of them. I would take Kenny Pickett or, or – uh, Malik Willis. I think so. Malik you think Willis... Kenny Pickett's the next best guy, though? You think he's going to be the the second one off yeah. the board? I yes. think so too. Um, Matt Corral it, like I may said, scrape may scrape it in the last. Not two with the injury. The There's first... no way. I don't. There's I, no I'm way. not saying that he is. I'm not saying that he isn't. I'm just saying. Uh, I think I agree with you though. If the Saints don't take quarterback at 19, um, the uh, Detroit Lions will definitely grab Kenny Pickett. If Kenny Pickett's not on the board, though, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see what Detroit thinks about maybe Matt Corral. There's no way you put Sam Howe in the first round. You can grab him in two. Um, Desmond Ritter? What do you think about Desmond Ritter at pick 32? Oh, God, no. No, I don't think so either, bro. I saw, a mock, I saw a mock draft today with him at pick uh, 19 to the Saints, and I said, geez, please, no, 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 no. Yeah, I've seen I've seen multiple drafts with with Desmond Ritter as a higher prospect than Kenny Pickett. I just don't oh. see that, ladies and gentlemen. I just don't see that. Uh, uh, you might be watching different film than me. Uh, I watched the Alabama game in person, and he was so disappointing, so disappointing. Like it was just incredibly underwhelming. And I get that's a great defense and all that garbage, but I don't think he is what Kenny Pickett is. And what the hell you think uh, you're going to see in the NFL? That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's kind of my – I hate when people use that defense in college. They're like, listen, he didn't have the talent of the guys on the other side of the field. You think he's going to have it in the NFL? Yeah. I mean, the teams who are taking quarterback, ladies and gentlemen, usually don't have stacked rosters. I promise you, the, if Malik Willis goes to Atlanta, he ain't going to have a lot of fun. He ain't going to have a lot of fun. He, they're going to have – what's his name? Uh, Kyle – Kyle Pitts. Pitts? Uh, Deller Patterson, that's not going to be fun. I think Russell Gage, but yeah, Russell Gage is in Tampa hanging out with Tom now. So, I mean, yeah, it's it, it's not fun for these young quarterbacks, especially going to these garbage teams that are picking in the top of the draft. There's a reason you're picking in the top of the draft, ladies and gentlemen. Let's just say that. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, it, it, again, though, I just don't know if – see, so Panthers owner, so he was he was basically – he basically said that he believes in Matt Rule and Sam Darnold. 
Okay. He must be First watching time. something else, Kath. He, he, he ain't no way he's watching the games. Ain't no, no way. way he trusts Matt Rule, right? <laughs> no way. No way. Not if he's watching the games. Kath, the only reason why we haven't ripped Matt Rule is because the season's been over. If they were still playing games, exactly. he'd still be giving us reasons to rip him, Kath. Uh, I don't think there's anyone, Kath, that's been more violent to on this show than Matt Rule. And it's because Matt Rule gives you so many reasons to be. So many reasons to yeah, be. I I'm just sorry. I'm, I mean, uh, I don't see it, man. Better. I don't see it. I don't want to hate, but I mean, I just don't see it, man. It, it looked like a dumpster fire last year. And why have they not traded Christian McCaffrey? I'll tell you why, ladies and gentlemen, because nobody's calling. Nobody's calling. It's, it's, oh, well, I don't think anybody wants their, uh, wants his, uh, Exactly. His contract. Well, they want a number. They want a first round pick too. Nobody's giving you a first round pick for a guy who can't stay on the field. And then, yeah, exactly. And then taking on, uh, taking on somebody who can't freaking stay on the field. I'll tell Uh, you, the money doesn't work. But I wouldn't mind if Kansas City sent pick number thirty out there to pick up C Mac. You would have to work your salary cap real hard. But uh, if if C if C Mac. I was saying, I mean, we've seen what the Rams have done. I think the best place for C-Mac would be uh, the Chiefs, and I don't think the Chiefs need both of those picks. You grab a receiver with the first one, and then you trade for C-Mac. I think that'd uh, make their offense pretty dynamic without Tyreek Hill. Oh, of course it would. You got Pat Holmes, and anyways, well, uh, uh, let's I'm, I'm, let's wrap this up here. Uh, let's go to final takes. Um, my final take. I'll go first here. May add a couple of more depending on how much I think about it here. Uh, <laughs> tech fans. Uh, what's his name? Mark Adams. Jesus Christ, man! My, I've been off today. I apologize. <laughs> um, Mark Adams. It's on a contract extension uh, until through twenty twenty seven. No official word about what uh, the numbers, except there was. Um, let me go and look this up here. There was so there was reported that it was. I think it was like three million dollars a year. I think is what it was. Um, Carlos Silva Jr., he's a big-time reporter out here in Lubbock. Um, let's see. Did he – oh, Lord. I can't even – I can't even find it. <laughs> anyways, yeah, I'm not even going to – I'm not even going to continue to look for it. Uh, anyways, he did get his contract extension through 2027. I do know that for sure. That is, a, yes, that is for sure. Uh, so, shout-out to him. Uh, don't know the number on it yet. Tech hasn't came out and said any number about it. They may not even say fat. how much they're paying them. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but uh, Sister Cindy is on campus, so if you are hearing this, uh, go up to campus. She may have already left. Actually, if you don't know who Sister Cindy <laughs> is, she's a big TikTok sensation. Uh, she talks about uh, not having sex before marriage and all that kind of stuff. She makes some funny jokes about it. Uh, but she's serious. But she's so crazy and hippie. Uh, also, other <laughs> tech news: uh, Kevin McCullough did enter his name into the transfer portal. Um, See ya. So he he wants to go to the draft. Uh, he's doing the draft process right now, so I guess we'll see um, how that goes with him. And then don't know about that. Draft. Uh, maybe a late second rounder. That's me being kind of generous, though. Uh, no, he's being a little think, adventurous. I don't, don't think that he will be a. Uh, uh, he wants to transfer. He wants to be a, a pure point guard. I think is what he wants to do. Pure ball handler. Um, and that's just not going to work in our offense here. So I think he understands that. He, I think what he's doing is he's just going to the draft um, to see if anybody picked him up or not. We'll pick him up or not. Mm. Um, so, But he just announced today. I, I think the cutoff is like Sunday or something or the next couple of days. It's getting dangerously close, yeah. You're right. That's, that's all I got. Calvin, what do you got? 
Um, I'm watching Champions League soccer right now. I watched Cav one of the best soccer games I've seen in my lifetime yesterday. Yesterday, um, it yeah. was absolutely was it. insane. It was a great game. Um, these both of these games have delivered. The Liverpool game still tied right now. It looks like we're gonna get second leg action. Uh, if you're not watching, I highly encourage you to tiptoe over there and check it out. It seems to be very entertaining. Um, keep watching the NBA postseason, Kath. I'm really excited about the level of defense in the postseason. I kind of hinted me at too. this last episode, and um, y'all know I love defense. There's nothing that makes me more happy than somebody settling down and locking the guy up in front of them. So hopefully we keep getting that level of uh, defense. Golly. And I'll tell you, if if that stays that way, these games will keep being to the level they've been. And so keep watching them. Stay busy. And uh, like I said, the drafts, the drafts all weekend, so that'll keep you busy through the weekend too. Yeah, first round of the draft is tomorrow. Uh, kind of weird to do it on a Thursday. Yeah, I hate um, the draft, man. I really do. Uh, why is it the, the round schedule, the wait, the much time the first round takes? It just drives me insane, bro. There's no reason for this to be. The it's only reason why people long. watch it is because we're weird. That's it. That's the only thing I can tell exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> There's no logical explanation for why we sit out and watch 32 picks. But unfortunately, I'm going to do it tomorrow night, and I'm going to be happy when I do so. So. Exactly. So, yeah, that, that is Thursday. It is tomorrow. Um, we will be here on Friday for sure. Don't know if we're going to do anything on Thursday. We're going to figure that out too. Uh, but we will be here for Friday. Um, if, if we do, Calvin, you are coming to Lubbock on Friday. Hoop, hoop. Absolutely. Let's go, baby. Coming to the LBK, the 806. Not a better place to be in the world than Lubbock, Texas. Nowhere right? else, baby. No future world. home. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, future <laughs> home, yes. Uh, but anyways, like, uh, like Calvin said, though, keep watching these NBA playoff games because we're going to keep talking about them because they're phenomenal. I mean, this has been a this has been a great postseason so far. Uh, fouls, you know, refs kind of been shit. Mm, Doing their thing. Maybe right on cue. Sometimes maybe shit. Um, outside of that, though, yeah, no, they've been great. So listen, we will be back here on Friday for sure. Uh, so make sure you catch us on Friday on Inside the Lunch Table.